0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Friend Diagram. This is the podcast where two friends catch up and find common ground between their favorite media. I'm
1: Remy. I'm Kat. And today we will be discussing the Rewatchables and Falcon Lake. Warning. Spoilers ahead. Hi, Remy. Hey, Kat. What's going on? Not too much. How was your week?
0: It was good. It was... You know, another week at the new job trying to adjust and get my bearings and mm-hmm. just kind of work through all the orientation stuff. So that's been fun, but also kind of tiring. So Yeah, yeah. Definitely a full week, but I'm going to do some exciting stuff this weekend. I'm Ooh. taking the train to Pennsylvania to go nice. to a party. Um, my friend is celebrating... Um, being declared cancer-free, and it's also her birthday this weekend. So we're having like a massive party to celebrate. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's Um, so awesome!
0: um, Yeah, she's one of my well, she's my best friend from back home. So we've been friends since first grade, (laughs) and Uh, so I'm excited to be there. It's congratulations
1: to her. That's fantastic news. I know. Ah. Yeah. How was your week? My week was really good. My projects at work are not falling apart, and um, I got to watch two movies in the theater this week. Ooh, that's a good week. Yeah, I got to go and watch The Royal Tenenbaums, which I absolutely loved. Mm-hmm. That's a classic. Fantastic film. I've been kind of mulling it over all week, and then just today, I got to leave work early and went and saw Falcon Lake. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and then I've got good things planned over the weekend too. I'm going to brunch at our favorite brunch place tomorrow. So I'm Ooh. really excited about that. Yeah, I think I'm going to get ricotta toast. I'm very That's excited fun. about their ricotta toast.
0: I um, love planning out what I'm going to order before
1: <laughs> I go till. I'm too indecisive. Otherwise, I'll be, like, between two things in the restaurant, and I'll be mm-hmm. like, I don't know. We'll see what happens when the waiter comes, because yeah. I'll just, like, pick something. I don't always decide
0: beforehand, but I do love to scope out the menu and do some uh, recon beforehand. I always decide beforehand.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, I'm holding up the whole table, because I, mm-hmm. like, have to weigh my options for some reason. Mm-hmm. Also, it makes me more excited about going and eating the food. (laughs) It makes me more excited, too.
0: Um, That's awesome. God, I miss that place. Yeah.
1: It's going to be great.
0: Yeah. This week was really weird here
1: in New York. Did you
0: see any of the videos of the smoke from the Canadian wildfires? Yeah, I didn't see the
1: videos. I saw a couple of pictures, and then Scott was sending me pictures. It wasn't nearly as bad by him, but it was still pretty
0: Mm-hmm. crazy
1: so yeah I don't know my mom said it looked like a volcano exploded I was like yeah it's yeah wild
0: it looked like that one planet from Blade Runner 2049 with the oh, bees yeah. and that giant statue of the lady it was like oh. that I like that planet <laughs> that
1: planet was cool as fuck
0: yeah Um, it felt bad, though, to be out there in it. I went out once at, like, a bad time and regretted it. (laughs) Did you wear a mask, or? No, I did not. It was, here's the thing. It was way more variable than I thought it was going to be. So when I left the apartment, it seemed fine. But then, suddenly, it was not fine. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, it was crazy. It was on Wednesday, I want to say. Yeah, on Wednesday, it. The smoke got so thick from the wildfires that at, like, 2 p.m. in the afternoon, it got so dark that all of the automated, like, street lights came on that come on based Uh on, like, luminance. And uh, I was like, this is insane. (laughs) Oh, man. It was wild. Yeah. But, yeah, it seems to be clearing up now, which is good. Mm -hmm. I was able to go like, on a run again this morning, and there was no problem, so, yeah, I was, like, eager to get back out into the park. Well, should we hop in? Uh, yeah, let's get into it. This is our first, like, normie app that we've had
1: in a couple of weeks, (laughs) actually. We've had lots of updates and Mm -hmm. special apps going on, I know.
0: I guess our special summer double features are kind of, like, normie apps, but also kind of not, so... I don't know. But it's been a minute since my piece of media was a podcast. Um, mm-hmm. It's certainly been since last year, since I covered a podcast. But yeah, I was kind of casting around, trying to think about what I wanted to talk about as my favorite thing of the week. And I landed on the Rewatchables podcast because it's one of those pods that I've been reaching for a lot lately and really enjoying, and I uh, just wanted to <laughs> give it some recognition. Mm-hmm. So my favorite piece of media this week is the Rewatchables podcast, which is a movie appreciation podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, which is like an expansive network mm-hmm. of podcasts that largely um, cover different aspects of entertainment and sports And it's This podcast is principally hosted By Bill Simmons Who is the founder of the Ringer Network And it started Generally back in 2017 uh-huh. There was like some kind of like Proto iterations of it But I think officially the rewatchable Started in 2017 uh-huh. So it's been going on for a while now Every time I like Look at a book or like a published journal article that's from like 2018. In my mind, I'm like, oh, super recent. But then, like, when I think <laughs> about it, it's actually like five or six years ago now. Yeah. And I hate it.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's when I was starting grad school ish.
0: Yeah. In 2018. We met in 2018, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Cause I got there right before you in 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. That's insane. Anyway. How <laughs> <laughs> the time. Time. time has passed. <laughs> <laughs> the basic premise of the Rewatchables podcast is that on every episode, they cover one movie that they think is very highly rewatchable. And they talk about why they love it and what makes it rewatchable. So, in essence, they try to talk about films where if you are watching cable TV and you're like flipping through channels and you land on this movie, and even if it's halfway through you are like, oh, I gotta, like, watch it to the end now because it sucks you in because it's always just so good and rewatchable. That sounds Um, right up my alley. You know I love (laughs) rewatching. You love rewatching things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The, like, classic example of this in my household growing up was the movie The Fugitive with Mm. Harrison Ford. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen that one, but it's, I I think it's across the board. uh, Really... Uh, firmly regarded as a very rewatchable movie by (laughs) everyone (laughs) and they've covered it on this podcast so that's really satisfying um it's largely covering movies from the 80s and 90s Uh you know 70s a bit and 2000s a bit but they never cover anything that's like super recent cool and they are largely in the domain of like actiony, sportsy uh-huh. films, uh, because Bill Simmons, he selects all of them for the most part, uh-huh. and he just kind of has like classic dad taste. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, um, that's the gen, the general like area we're working with uh-huh. on the rewatchables, um, which is really fun. Like he has a really great, Paternal quality that I enjoy. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, he brings a really strong dad energy, and I love it. It's great. Um, and then also on each episode, in addition to covering a uh, single movie for that episode, Bill is generally joined by a couple other hosts, and it's like a rotation of other podcast hosts on the Ringer Network. Um, so, for example, my favorite co-hosts that he brings in are Chris Ryan and Sean Fennessy, who are from The Watch Podcast and The Big Picture Podcast, respectively, which are the other two Ringer Network pods that I listen to every episode like regularly when they come out. So I love it when they all converge on the <laughs> Rewatchables. It's very fun. And... Um, let's see. So I like also that generally all of the hosts are like considerably older than me, so they remember mm-hmm. when a lot of these movies came out, at least in the 90s, mm-hmm. um, if not in the 80s as well, because it's really fun hearing them contextualize what It was like, like where they were living and how they saw the film in the theater and who told them about it and who they talked to about it after they saw it. I just love getting that larger context of like what it was like when Magnolia came out or things like that. And it's, it's just really fun hearing that, that context because like for a lot of them, I wasn't, I didn't exist yet or Mm -hmm. I was like so young, I didn't know like what the hell was going on. So yeah. Just love hearing it from their perspective. And also, like, I probably wouldn't consider watching a lot of these movies otherwise because Mm -hmm. I missed them because I was too young and I haven't had cable TV for, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, 15 years now. Yeah. Um, And
1: and a lot of those movies are, like, movies that your parents would have shown you or something. And then if you didn't catch them on that go-around when you were a kid and, like, mm-hmm. growing up, then there's not really an opportunity as an adult to even get exposed to them. That's really Exactly.
0: Cool. Exactly. This is completely filling that niche.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> your pod dad. Your pod dad like, to show yeah, you all your Bill films.
0: <laughs> He's definitely my pod dad. Uh, and uh, another fun thing about the rewatchables is that for each discussion, they start off with kind of like a general, you know, contextual chat about the movie and what it's generally about and the cast and what they love about it. And then they move into a more uh, like formalized portion uh-huh. where they apply a series of categories to the film. So like what were the most rewatchable scenes and they'll talk through like candidates for that category and then determine which, which scene was the most rewatchable. And then there's like a bunch of acting categories and other like technical categories, like what's the best shot and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And so you have like kind of an actual method applied to bringing out like what qualities you loved about each film Mm-hmm. And so I just love having that some semblance of order applied, because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, obviously I love the discussion of the rewatchable scenes, and um, there's other fun categories like there's a that guy award for like a person that's in the movie <laughs> that you've seen in like a million other movies oh, but you don't yeah. know their name. That's a great award. <laughs> I love that discussion. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's a segment called half-assed internet research where they talk about (laughs) entertainment rumors surrounding the production (laughs) and reception of the film and what things like might potentially mean or just any like half-assed theory or rumor about the film that Mm -hmm. also adds a lot of fun context. So it's just like a great celebration of. Yeah, a lot of films that you are excited to hear about because you know them and love them or Mm -hmm. you're excited to hear about because you don't know anything about them and you want to hear, you know, what your pod friends have to say about them and Mm -hmm. have them convince you to check it out.
1: Yeah. I Um, wonder if they would have any movies that I have rewatched on there I should look through. There's got
0: to be at least some. Mm -hmm. Um, There's hundreds of episodes, so there has to be some. (laughs) If you want to hear a few of my favorite apps, mm-hmm. I made a list. Um, they're not in any particular order and they're not extensive. Like, I'm sure I missed some that I would want to list, but off the top of my head, I really enjoyed the Goodfellas episode.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I really enjoyed the Shawshank Redemption episode. Uh, not just because that is also the definition of like the most rewatchable movie of all time but also because bill's dad is a guest co-host on the oh, episode cute. and because he's the one that like called bill back in like 1991 or 1993 when it came out and was like bill you gotta go see this movie <laughs> and Aww, it's like the sweetest so sweet. thing of all time i love it and so he flew him in to come be on the shawshank episode and that's it's so, so
1: precious. sweet I oh, love I
0: love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's, oh, this is another thing. Sometimes they repeat episodes because they love talking about it and rewatching it so much
1: <laughs> that they cover it again. Awesome. I love so, that.
0: for example, they covered The Departed twice. Mm-hmm. And so the second one is called The Re Departed. And that <laughs> one's good. <laughs> I love that. And, um, the, like, impetus for the pod was the movie Heat, the 1995 film. Okay. <laughs> Starring Al Pacino uh-huh. and Robert De Niro, uh, the Michael Mann film, and they've uh-huh. covered that now three times. Wow. So, on my list here, I'm counting Heat, the Reheat, and Three Heat all as one three. entry.
1: <laughs> the I best love part. Good pun.
0: Yeah, the best part is that on the Three Heat, Michael Mann was one of the co-hosts. Of the oh,
1: trip. wow. <laughs>
0: cool. Incredible. Awesome. So that's a classic. And then my final favorite episode is the Boogie Nights two part special Mm -hmm. that they did for one of like Bill's milestone birthdays. Um, that's like one of his favorite films of all time. And Mm -hmm. it's like a really awesome PTA film. Yeah. And so I was really excited. Um, and they talked about it so, much that they had to break it into two episodes because it was so long. And that's that's the kind of energy I just love in mm-hmm. a film discussion. It's like when you have so much to say, it's got to be two episodes. Yeah, that's the editor the was looking at that <laughs> yeah. and they were
1: like, I can't get through this in one week,
0: man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we're going to have
1: to break this into two.
0: Yeah. So if you don't know where to start, there's a few mm-hmm. options for you. And, but there's like... Reams and reams of options. And they are, um, yeah, they're just there for the taking. And I always think about films that I like desperately want them to cover as well. Uh huh. Um, I have some of those as well. <laughs> At the very top of the list, unsurprising to you is Sicario. Uh, <laughs> because yes. it's one of my most favorite films of all time. Mm-hmm. And I've probably rewatched it more than many films. Mm-hmm. It's probably in my top five most rewatched films. And yeah. I know Chris Ryan loves that film just as much as I do. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I really hope they cover that. And I know Send Chris has email. to be on that episode. I'm sure people have done that already. Because I think he's even said how much he wants to cover it. Then um, do you know, it. When it Seize happens, I'll day. be so happy. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I just rewatched that like a week or so ago, and I was oh, like, God, Denny, this just gets better
1: and better. <laughs> yeah, you showed me that film. We got to watch that in the theater. I that know. was so fun. We watched that for my 30th birthday during- That was the best.
0: During the first year of the pandemic when mm-hmm. we could run out the local movie theater to keep it alive. That was- Fantastic. Fantastic stuff. <laughs> and
1: it's still alive. It's still going. You were I just know. there today. I was just there today. <laughs> Yeah, one success story. I was at the like smaller location today and I forgot how oh, much yeah. I love that location.
0: What a I like that one too.
1: Fantastic little hole in the wall that mm-hmm. we had have I
0: know. You definitely ten guess ten. there's a, a cinema back there.
1: Yeah, it just looks like a little shop from the front cuz there's a yeah. shop like in front of it. And you walk in and then you're in a movie theater and it's mm-hmm. fantastic.
0: I, I love it. Anyway, so yeah, Sicario's like my number one draft pick for uh-huh. the rewatchables. And then also gonna be really unsurprising to you. I would love it if they did Wake and Fright. <laughs> I still you, need to watch that. I know, but you know, oh I love to gosh. rewatch it and yeah. drink beer and tomato juice uh-huh. and just like revel in, in Donald Pleasance's
1: energy. <laughs> that should be one of the movie nights we do in Maine. Oh. Definitely. That would be so fun. We need With to start a Beer list. and Tomato. Yes. Yeah.
0: Please, we have to watch Wake and Fright. Um, and then my final, you know, aspirational rewatchable, I think Attack the Block would be really fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a fun movie all around. Yeah. Would love that to be covered. Real crowd pleaser. Um, yeah. So, you know, Bill Simmons, if you hear this, those are some suggestions,
1: <laughs> you know. And thank you for listening.
0: And- yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for making the rewatchables. <laughs> thank you for being my pod dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, I mean, there's, it's just like a really fun listen. And like I said, I just love learning like the added context around films, whether that's from people talking about their experiences at the time or like w- whether they encountered it on cable or. Mm-hmm whether they like know extra fun details about the production. I just love learning more about the entire yeah. project. I love the Great Dad energy. And <laughs> I just love hearing people talk about movies that mean something to them. Because it's like every single person that's on the show loves movies. They uh-huh. love films. They love talking about them and they love rewatching them and having that like special relationship with them. So it's just a really Great celebration of cinema, and, you know, I'm always
1: there for that. Yeah, that sounds awesome, and, like, very positive. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a lovely listening experience.
0: Yes, highly recommend.
1: All right. I think that the overlap for this one is going to be very difficult. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's going to be tricky. Sorry about that. (laughs) No, that's okay. So, as I mentioned, I went and saw Falcon Lake today. It is technically a 2022 film. It premiered at the 2022 con and um, it was directed by Charlotte Le Bon and it has a whopping 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. It had a 100% for a really long time, but now that it's like out for public consumption, that's like evening out a little bit more, but generally very highly regarded It is a French-Canadian film. Charlotte Le Bon is a French-Canadian director. And the basic premise is that these two families are vacationing on Falcon Lake, which is a lake in Quebec. I'm actually not sure if it's a real lake or if it's a fictional lake. I didn't Mm -hmm. think to look that up, (laughs) but um, it is set in Quebec and... Um, both of these families have children. Our main character is Bastion and he and his little brother are up there with their mom and their dad and they kind of re-meet Chloe. Um, she's their parents' friend's daughter mm-hmm. and I get the sense that they have not interacted very much in their lives. Like, I think that they were younger than her and they haven't like vacationed like this yearly or anything. So there's not this like really solid bond um, mm-hmm. between all of the kids. And Bastion becomes very like enamored with Chloe and kind of is competing for her affections. Um Chloe is a 16 year old and bastion is 13 and then there's also yeah there's also like a 19 year old boy who is kind of interested in chloe as well Mm -hmm. um and so you're kind of seeing this really interesting depiction of like how much you mature within just a couple of years. And so you're seeing like these stages of like the 13 year old, the 16 year old and the 19 year old. And I thought that was like really well written, really well done. And in general, this film is a film about the pains of your first love and the pains of young enamorment. (laughs) (laughs) And One of the things that I really, really loved about this film was the aesthetics of the film and the score of the film were just fantastic. And they set this like beautiful, just like experience up for the audience. I had such a fantastic time just like watching the cinema that was happening before my eyes. I thought it was really cool that they chose to use a it's a 1.37 to 1 ratio um, mm. for the aspect ratio, which is very, very close to the original aspect ratio that we used to use for televisions. So
0: the oh, original was
1: a 1.33 to 1 mm-hmm. ratio. And so it's almost square, um, a little bit wider than it is tall. And um, I think that this adds kind of this nostalgic feel to the film, um, it also kind of just feels like the way it's shot. I don't know anything about the technique, but the way it was shot just kind of has almost this like film graininess and it feels very vintage and nostalgic, but still modern. Like we're talking about these modern concepts, but it's meant to make the audience feel this kind of nostalgia for youth and mm-hmm. remember what it feels like to be young and be infatuated with this other young person. Yeah. Is it set in present day? I mean, they've got cell phones. So yes, Uh, I guess within the last 10 years, I would say Sure, like the cabin has like old TVs in it. Like kind of the ones with like the square backs. It's not like a very modern cabin, things like that. So Mm -hmm. it kind of obscures the fact that like it's in modern day. It makes you feel like you're taking a step back, if that makes sense. It
0: has a more timeless feeling.
1: Yeah. And the cinematography is beautiful. It's like shot on this really fantastic lake. When I was watching it, one of my notes was that this is the most beautiful lake I've ever seen. It was just gorgeous. It was, like, misty and rainy, and it has these, like, dense trees and just beautiful lake vibes. Um, Do you know who the director of photography was, by any chance? The cinematography was by Christoph Brandl. Cool. Yeah. It was just a really beautiful experience. Um, There were, like, these really nice lingering shots where like you would see something and instead of just like cutting to the next scene, the people would kind of move out of frame and you mm. would be like left with this image. And I mm. loved that. um yeah. It was used a lot for like foreshadowing, which, Oh, the foreshadowing was wonderful. Okay. I thought that was so cool. And there's this like really beautiful thunderstorm scene, which might be my favorite mm aspect like of the very beginning of the film like there's this huge thunderstorm and it just kind of is like a little bit of the lake and then you're mostly seeing the sky and it's like you're looking up into the sky and there's all these thick clouds and you're seeing like lightning behind them but they're really really dark and then in the theater like the thunder booming was Mm -hmm. just A beautiful audio experience. Wow. 10 out of 10. um, Love a Thunderstorm. Could have just like watched that on a loop for two hours. Yeah. So good. Wish I could pay money to watch that on a loop for two hours. (laughs) But yeah, I just thought it had this really impeccable visual experience. Other things that I loved about this film. The characters were very realistic to me. Baz feels like a 13-year-old boy. He, like, laughs at his burps and farts and, like, is just, like, gross and a little boy. And Mm -hmm. I love that he's, like, moody and jealous (laughs) and, like, doesn't know how to handle his emotions. Baz and his little brother have all these, like, really cute interactions. His little brother's probably four or five, just, like, a a tiny kid. And... uh, They're super cute together. The adults are really funny, and I thought they were realistic. Some of their conversations were like, are you putting onions in that when they're cooking? And the guy's like, yeah. And the woman is like, oh, don't do that. I'll be burping all night. And I was like, that's like an exact adult conversation. I relate to this. (laughs) So I thought that was really – I it just felt very realistic. The conversations felt like – I didn't have to suspend my disbelief for them. Right. And that kind of plays into the way this, like, young love is depicted in the film, because I think that a lot of films about young love, they show the challenges of young love, but they also highly romanticize young love. Mm -hmm. And I liked this film because it showed how messy young love is and how it sucks and you are just messing each other up and there's traumas upon traumas that are like building up from every relationship you have as a young child, a young developing person. And I just thought that it was really interesting and unexpected to go into this film and see like, oh wow, like they're showing this like toxicity they're showing this inability to regulate one's own emotions and like Mm -hmm. (laughs) be a reasonable human being and yeah there's one moment where um one of the characters uh chloe she's like talking about her previous relationship and something that the guy in her previous relationship did to her and then 30 minutes later, we see Baz do the exact same thing. And you're like, why would you do this? Why is your brain not working? Why are you so stupid? And it like totally is this turning point in the film. And it's just like, because he's 13 and he doesn't know what the fuck a relationship is. And I loved that. I thought it was so well written. I thought like, that's how young love is and shouldn't I don't think it should be romanticized. I think that it's something that happens, but a lot of the time it's not like this great, wonderful experience that people yeah. take away like good things from. It's like a horrible, <laughs> uh, like yeah. regret that haunts you <laughs> <laughs> as you go through life. Um And uh I don't know. I just thought it was, Like, really different from anything I'd seen.
0: Yeah, that sounds way more true to life.
1: Yeah, and I didn't expect to like this film as much as I did, and I came out, like, really liking this film. The last thing that I really liked about this film is that it involves ghost stories, and you know me, I just love a fucking ghost story. You do. (laughs) I think that... It just, like, fits this summertime vibe of, like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: being in the woods and telling a scary story and being like, oh, there's a ghost that haunts this lake. It it was great. And the ending was fantastic, and I won't be giving it away, um, because I really hope that people go see this film in the theater, because I thought it was a fantastic experience.
0: hmm if, if it doesn't give anything away, like, what emotion did you take mm. away from the ending? Like, what were you left feeling as soon as the end credits rolled?
1: Surprise. Surprise? Oh, that's the best. Yeah. And, like, like an oh, I didn't even see this coming. Oh, that's the best possible ending. I know. And maybe it was, I don't know if I, like, just missed certain hints that were like happening throughout the film like I mentioned the foreshadowing is heavy Mm -hmm. but if you're not looking for the foreshadowing you don't really know what anything means Mm -hmm. and so I was surprised at the end and I felt satisfied and just wow I sat there through the entire credits like just thinking I was like I can't move because I'm just like thinking about this ending and it was visually beautiful. Like there are these like really cool scenes right at the end, which I really liked, but that's neither here nor there. I don't want to give it away, but no, no. <laughs> I really hope people go see this because that's it awesome. was great filmmaking. It's one of the best films I've seen all year.
0: Yeah. That's funny too, that you talk about the way, um, the foreshadowing became apparent only when you saw the
1: conclusion. And Well, I like, think- I knew that it was foreshadowing. I was like, there's okay. no reason we would be, like, focusing on this. But I didn't yeah. have any hypothesis as to what that would mean down the line. I was I like, see. I see that something is happening here and I should be picking up on something, but I am yeah. not. There's yeah, nothing yeah, going no. on in here. Yeah.
0: I feel like that's kind of, like, what being a kid is, like, a lot, though. Like, you see things happening, you pick up on them, but you don't know what they mean. You can't, Mm -hmm. like, comprehend them until later on when you do, like, mature more or you gain more context. And then you can look back on it and be like, oh, that's, like, what
1: was happening the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And I would love to watch this a second time. I wish I could have watched another time before talking about it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I wonder if that's playing anywhere around here, because I read in the newsletter for your mm-hmm. local cinema, because I still read it, even though I don't very there I anymore. You fantasize about going. It just makes me still feel close to oh. it, because <laughs> I love it so much. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, what are they showing this weekend? <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, that hasn't um come across my radar in like the three cinemas here that I... survey weekly yeah so i wonder if i'm guessing like if anyone's gonna have it in my immediate vicinity it'll be the ifc center Mm -hmm. so i'll have to keep my eyes peeled
1: yeah and i think it you can rent it too um oh is it on vod already i think it is i think it's on voodoo i saw when i typed it in Mm. it looks like one cinema in new
0: york is showing it right now
1: I swear somewhere said that it was on Voodoo, but I'm not seeing it, so I guess mm-hmm. not. Maybe in Canada it's on Voodoo. Maybe. Oh, Rotten Tomatoes says Voodoo. It says rent June 13th and then buy June 13th. Oh, so June 13th. <laughs> it's not okay. June 13th yet. <laughs> no, it is not. I was like, that's already happened. <laughs> um, so I guess in the middle of next week you can rent it. Cool. Yeah, it was really good. I'm still mentally digesting everything, but... Cool, I'm going to add it to my watch list. Yay, I would love to know what you think of it if you get to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Also, I love, like, the poster for Falcon Lake, which is another reason I was, like, so intrigued when I looked it up after the fact. Because it just says, a love and ghost story. And I thought that was, like, so tantalizing.
0: Good tagline, guys.
1: Yeah. Very fantastic.
0: Yeah, that makes me want to watch it even more.
1: I'm so excited. Did you watch the trailer? I did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that gives, like, a little taste of that really cool cinematography that I was talking about. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so our friend Diagram. I only had one thing written down so far.
0: What did you write down for what these two pieces of media have in common?
1: I wrote, (laughs) this is a stretch. um, I wrote that for me, when I think about things that I've rewatched a lot, It gives me this, like, feeling of nostalgia. It's, like, things that I watched a lot as a kid. Mm -hmm. And this film very differently um, recapitulates that, like, nostalgia factor for me of, like, feeling like I'm sitting in front of a TV as a child and, like, watching this story. Mm -hmm. Um, And it felt very timeless. And, yeah. So that was, like, my one parallel that i've got yeah I
0: invoking nostalgia was the first one i had to on yeah. <laughs> my list um but this is also sort of a stretch but we can i mean interpret things as we will it's friend diagram uh-huh. you gotta have something in the middle yeah um i put down that um <laughs> we were each drawn to these things drawn into these pieces of media because of their portrayal of emotional attachment. Mm, so mm-hmm. in Falcon Lake, you really liked the accuracy mm-hmm. of that type of portrayal between the characters. Yeah. And in the rewatchables, I just really like hearing people's like genuine stories about why they're attached to a film or a film era or like a certain actor or director uh, because they have like developed this deep emotional relationship with that work over the years or a film reminds them of like an emotional time in their life where they like just met their partner or like their first date was to this film or Mm -hmm. all of those things i love hearing like the the depth of experience outside of the frame um and that's like due to that emotional attachment with the subject matter Mm mm-hmm
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that's a great point.
0: Yeah. Let's see. My next bullet point says appreciation for...
1: (laughs) And I didn't finish I think it's because I appreciate... Maybe it's I appreciated this film so much and, like, all of the different aspects of it.
0: Oh, it reactivated the memory trace when I read it out loud. It was going to (laughs) be appreciation for technical aspects of filmmaking. Yeah. Um, Because... You really liked, um, a lot of the cinematography and, um, a lot of how the shots were planned where people like mm-hmm. traveled out of frame. And you also like the aspect ratio. And mm-hmm. it sounded like there was intentional film grain or at least with the very yeah, least that's, that's attention it to, felt like to shooting me. on film so as to, to have grain. Um, yeah. and I like all of the aspects of the rewatchables that really uh, celebrate like filmmaking achievements. Like the the Great Shot Gordon Award is the award they give out to the best shot of each film, and oh. um, it's named for one of their favorite cinematographers. And cool. Um, so yeah, I just love when when a piece of media gives you that like amazing feeling of like wow, this is so technically excellent. Yeah, um, but that you want to celebrate it and talk to your friends about
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I also think that this film is accessible, um, despite it being in a foreign language. It's, mm-hmm. like, a, a story that I could see other, like, people who aren't, like, super into film really enjoying. Like, I think it, you don't have to be into, like, artsy films to appreciate this, this story. I think that it just is very timeless in that sense. And I think that... The Rewatchables is all about accessible movies that people love to rewatch, you know? For sure. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not this, like, super high-level, like, doesn't-make-sense-at-the-end type film. Like, I yeah. I love that kind of a movie, you know? I like a plot that I can follow. Yeah. <laughs> Decisions that make logical sense for a given character. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's not, like, punishing films either, you know? Yeah. Like, it has to be something you... You feel like you want to revisit? Yes. Mm-hmm. No tough watches. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, I think we did a good job on that. Yeah, I think. I that's think it's totally almost more sufficient. fun when it's a hard. I know. Because <laughs> right? I'm like, ooh, I've got to get creative. Yeah. I'm gonna use my brain. <laughs>
0: Bye for now.